Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Paradigm 132 Podcast, and I am your humble and gracious host, Rashad Horn, coming to you today with an article from AFP titled, Conservative Alabama Could Be Home to America's First Union, well, to Home to Amazon's <laughs> First Union in the U.S. So, I didn't even know that Amazon had constructed a distribution center in Alabama. I didn't know that. Um, So when I saw this article, it kind of took me by surprise because I didn't know they had a fulfillment center over there. Right. So it's interesting due to the fact that as I read this article and I kind of did a little bit more research on the topic at hand, the South is not as unionized as I thought it was. Uh, again, me being a, uh, a owner <clears throat> of a trucking operation, trucking company, I thought that a lot of these companies that I went to in the South that I see them in the North, I thought that the same rules seemingly applied. But I was shocked to find out that a lot of corporations move their operations to the South for two reasons. And those two reasons are they don't have to pay them as much because the living expenses are not as much in the South and they are not at the, they will, they're not, they're not worried about unions or the workers unionizing because jobs seemingly in a lot of Southern places don't pay a lot. So when a company, you know, since this article is about Amazon, comes in and says, hey, we're going to pay your workers $15 an hour, you're not thinking that they're going to try to unionize, right? They're going to try to establish a union in here, and they're going to have a list of demands that they want to seemingly go through, right? So that's what that is. So um, the RWDSU, is looking to help employees of Amazon establish a union. So this particular union is a union that is a representative in the South. It helped. Well, it was a, it was around during the uh, Dr. King era, so it was very integral uh, during that particular time period. So from a historical standpoint, they felt that this was significant because, from my understanding, the vast majority of individuals that are working in this particular uh, plant are of African-American descent. So, and I could have probably figured that because the, the, the factory is in Bessemer, Alabama, which is on the outskirts of Birmingham. And if my calculations are correct, Birmingham is one of the larger cities that has a large congregation of African-Americans living there. So, I probably could have uh, assume that, and I believe Bessemer is one is another place. You know, again, like I said, on the outskirts of Birmingham, that has a large uh, population of African Americans, right? And I, I pretty much kind of know the the areas around Birmingham where there's not as many African Americans, and sadly, uh, again, going to certain socioeconomic factors, you can kind of look and tell, but. Again, that's another discussion for another day. Um, I already said this. Most companies uh, look to move south because of the lack of union and cheaper labor. So who would have thought that as we, (laughs) some Southerners, uh, poke fun at 
certain companies hiring uh, Latin Americans to come work because of the labor. Now we have northern companies and northeast companies that may open up operations within the south and bring what we feel are like vast amount of wages down. That's not even what they're paying up north. They literally are getting cheaper land, cheaper labor, and the bottom line is going to look a lot better. <laughs> so that's what's interesting about that. Uh, the article also noted that the that the Mercedes plant, which is located in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, is the only one within the U.S. that does not have a union established, which is interesting because a friend of mine and I, we were, you know, because, you know, I drive, we drive. So we have multiple conversations ranging from sports to politics to education to finances and, you know, even about, you know, particular jobs and, you know, corporations and companies because seeing as that we are in the same line of work, we go to a lot of different corporations and we we see how individuals look and act and how certain procedures are up north that we sometimes say, okay, I wonder what they're making in there. So I, I looked one day and I think that for a particular position outside the massage plant, they were starting off at like $17 an hour. So again, in the South, that's seemingly good money. You know, if you add in overtime and stuff like that, you can make a very respectable living off of that. Again, if, you know, you get some overtime and obviously if you have a low overhead, right? So, you know, seemingly the Amazon facility opened last year. So I didn't know that. I didn't even know they were moving one there. But obviously I don't live in Alabama, so I probably wouldn't have got that news. But then again, at the same time, I feel like maybe that was that should have been on our local news. And then again, if it was, <laughs> I just probably missed it. So, um, like I stated, noted the facility is mostly of African-American descent. Uh, Dara Richardson, uh, a proponent of the union, spoke about working for a subcontractor for Mercedes that had a union and spoke about how the union allowed for his pay to increase from $12.50 to $23.50 in a span of a few years. So, um, I always like to try to take it back to personal experiences a lot of times to kind of bring the, the, the story, you know, a little bit closer to home, for lack of a better term. So I was working in a facility, and they had a union. I wasn't a part of the union. Um, I had a, a lot of older uh, guys, gentlemen, females, that were working in the same areas that I was working in, and I forgot how the situation was. You couldn't just join the union or seem, seemingly right when you got in there. I think you had to be there for a little while, and then they would come around. And it wasn't a force type of thing, like, hey, you need to join a union. Like, if you wanted to join a union, then... Uh, there were always union. There were always union reps walking around, but seemingly kind of what, what makes me think about this is well. Let me go ahead and read this, and then I'll finish my story because it, it'll tie in together. But it talked about how uh, Mr. Uh, Richardson talked about how the pay and insurance help sway the younger workers who don't understand the benefits of a union. So when I was working at this particular place, I was, when I first got there, I was like 21, 
right? And I believe I left when I was 24, maybe 25. So I was there for, for, for you know, a, you know, a good little amount, you know, a good little amount of time. And so I worked around ma majority people that around my same age. And obviously, of course, like I said, we had uh, a couple that were older. And so I couldn't wrap my mind around paying union dues. I, I can't remember what the what the dues were. I think they were like a hundred some dollars, and they got it out of your check. And I just thought about it because I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why am I paying you a hundred some dollars a month? And it's not always a situation where the union has to intervene, right? So it was it was two situations actually. It was one situation in which one of my uh, co-workers, uh, well, two of my co-workers, they felt that they were terminated uh, without probable cause. Uh, one of them, you know, he went to the union and the union was like, no, nah, we really can't do nothing for you. And the other one, I think he was out for a week and then they brought him back in. Right. So I saw that. And, you know, I, you know, I thought that was interesting. But right before I was leaving, they were in a big dispute about a raise because at that particular time, the top pay at that company was like twelve fifty. But their claim to fame, at least that company was, is that their insurance was better than all of the other corporations that they were trying to compare it to from a pay standpoint because they wanted the pay, the max pay to go from twelve fifty up to $17. And the company stated back that, look, we will give you a 75% raise and we won't touch the benefits, right? And so people were outside, you know, striking and all that different type of stuff like that. You know, kind of the type of like the kind of stuff that I wasn't used to, the things that I would just see on TV where people say, heck no, we won't go or pay us, pay us, you know, one of those type of situations. So <clears throat> what ended up happening um, was they went into a long battle, long battle. So the union lost. You know, the union lost. They, I don't, I don't know what was the final blow, but they ended up selling it for the seventy-five cent. And I think it was one of those situations where I think they they were gonna do this seventy-five cent over a three-year period. Or a five-year period, or, or, or something like that. But I was gone before they ended up, um, you know, drawing a conclusion. And I think one of my coworkers, he was still there after I left, and he was saying that they were giving certain individuals that were still working their back pay because they were going to pay them a they were paying them the additional amount from when the negotiation started to the negotiation ended. So whatever the amount of money that they would have made had they signed that deal when it first went across the table, they gave them back pay for that. So I don't I don't remember how much it was, but I had been gone for a while, but he was saying, ah, oh, man, you should call me. I think you, you do something. I was like, ah, oh, nah, man, I ain't, I ain't worried about that. <laughs> right. So... What their hopes are is that they hope this will galvanize other Amazon workers around the country. So whether, you know, whether you've heard about it or not, similar to a lot of these major corporations, similar to probably uh, Tesla, people talk about the work conditions and how they treat the employees. And, you know, going back to uh, Daryl, he spoke about how 
without having a union, it gives the employer the ability to fire you for the least little thing. So, say, for instance, you show up one minute late back from break. They can fire you. Uh, you talked about how he felt that the supervisors, managers, people that were over them, you know, they don't treat them fairly. And obviously the work, you know, with more people transitioning to shopping online, you know, the work is extremely intensive. You know, you're moving back and forth a lot and stuff like that. And so I believe they said what was the net, what was really the nail um, in the coffin was I know all of us probably remember when Amazon offered hazard pay. They gave them a $2 raise for hazard pay, and then three months later, they ended up uh, dissolving it. So that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So um, I don't really know because I think what's interesting about these fang companies that have warehouses and when i speak about fang i'm seemingly speaking about like like tesla and, and, and amazon and places like that what i think is going to be interesting and something to keep an eye on is that this is different than the older companies the big steel companies the railroads and you know, plumbers union and all that different type of stuff like that. I think I think that this will be different. And the reason I think it's different is because you're dealing with a tech company that it wasn't too long ago Amazon was offering ten thousand dollars to people to quit and start their own business seemingly you know, being contractors for them delivering packages, right? And so I don't think there has ever been a time in history where a company has offered its employees a seemingly grant or loan. I didn't really read the particulars of it, but seemingly encourage you to be an entrepreneur. Right. To and and. I believe when people ran the numbers, they were like, ah, when you think about the truck and insurance and what they are going to negotiate to move it, it wasn't worth, you know, jumping out there and doing, right? I think that's what most people, you know, ended up drawing a conclusion to. Even though I see, I know some people who, that's what they do. They just pull strictly Amazon freight. They have straight trucks and, you know, vans and stuff like that to how you know those particular products so i just think it is it'll, it'll be a little different because i think when the inception of those unions in those big steel mills and places like that railroad and stuff like that you needed the manpower right you didn't you didn't necessarily have a an out you didn't have the low-wage worker that you could bring in so I think you needed those people, right? So a lot of people, you know, of older ages have been in these particular unions 30 and 40 years and have been there uh, that have reaped the benefits of the companies having to give them raises. But I think this is a completely different ball game what we're dealing with right now, a completely different ball game. We're dealing with a company that is, I don't know if it's the most 
that what has the highest valuation. I don't know if Amazon, I don't know if it's Amazon or Apple, but we're dealing with a company like that that has money out of the wazoo, right? That is on the cutting edge of technology that probably spends I don't I don't have their balance sheet and, and, and their income stuff. I don't have any of that in front of me, but I'm sure that their research and development uh, expense is probably amongst the highest. So you're dealing with a company like that, a company that is quickly evolving, a company that has to stay on the cutting edge because one slip, the market share that they are that they have and the market share that they're continuing to try to get into could take a hit. So um, by the time this comes out, I believe they will have voted. Because seemingly what ended up happening is there's 5,000 employees there and 3,000 out of the five agreed that, yeah, we need a union based on the conditions and things that are going on. So I don't know if a part of the, I don't know if the 2,000 were all younger people or if it was a particular mixture or however that, you know, worked itself out. But I just see it as one of those situations to where this is, could be, this is completely different to where unionizing and, and, and something like this, it is going to take a completely different rule book. You you can't go in with the same type of rules, the same type of uh, we need to pay vacation, sick leave, and all this different type of stuff like this because they have the ability to seemingly use some of these facilities and turn them into mass production for automation to where some of these particular jobs are completely automated and you don't need that you know they when I say you don't need that I'm saying like they don't need you as a worker so they don't have to seemingly take what do you want to call it um orders from you but I'm sure with the with the way that these particular companies are set up in order for them to get tax abatement and stuff like that, I'm sure they have to have a certain amount of people employed, you know, a certain percentage and stuff like that for them to get tax abatement and all those type of incentives that, you know, corporations get for bringing in uh, employment opportunities to, you know, urban areas where, again, the real estate is a lot cheaper because I, I it's a it's a billboard when you're going into Alabama, if any of y'all ever go to Alabama, if y'all are, you know, within the states or whatever the situation is. But I believe they, it's a billboard that said uh, Mercedes has invested, it was either $1.4 billion or $2.1 billion in the state of Alabama. So if <clears throat> if any of y'all look at like Zillow or, or, or houses or anything like that, and you compare the price of a home in a lot of these southern states to that same home in somewhere else, square footage, all that different type of stuff, you will see there's a, a substantial amount of bargain within the South than it is in other particular areas. So I'm sure uh, Amazon got the red carpet rolled out. Mercedes as well got the red carpet rolled out to them so when i think about that i'm interested to see how the local governing body is going to 
handle something like this because again like i said i'm sure that these companies get tax abatement for x amount of years and tax abatement is seemingly like they don't have to pay taxes for x amount of time you know and when they do have to pay taxes they're not paying back taxes they're just paying taxes from that point forward and i learned that from the art of the deal by donald trump i learned that right there and he talked about all kind of tax abatement he got for builders. And he talked about how he wasn't going to construct something unless he had tax abatement. So, and this could go on for 10, 15 years. I guess it just depends. So, I guess sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to, you know, bend over as a governing body to these particular places because you seemingly aren't going to be able to manufacture uh, employment opportunities. And if you're able to, get one of these companies to open up a, a facility that could, you know, employ five, you know, 10,000 people, you know, then what do y'all need? Tax abatement for 15 years, 20 years? Hey, sure. You know, so I think it's one of those situations. But like I said, I, it's, it's, it's a new rule. It's a new game. And I think that I hope that it, you know, it, it works out in their favor. But Big Tech is not playing fair. <laughs> and to an extent, you know, it, none of these companies have played fair, you know, and they've been allowed to operate as such. And I'm not a person here to bash big companies and stuff like that because a lot of these uh, companies, they all, you know, for the most part, they all started small. And luck and opportunity met and boom. You got, you know, you get what you get. So, I don't know. It may work out. It may not. You know, it may work out for, you know, a period of time. And then, slowly but surely, the automation comes in there. Which I'm sure there's a lot of automation in those companies anyway. Because they noted that in the article. Stating that a company of Amazon's ilk will be bringing in cutting-edge technology to help make the jobs of the people um, easier, and I just have to stop and have to think about you were offering ten thousand dollars to employees to quit and start their own transportation business. So, if you were going to give that to employees to start, you know, however many employees you got, ten thousand dollars, then again, it goes back to the balance sheet how much are y'all spending on research and development? How innovative and cutting edge are the technology? Who are y'all doing partnerships with? Who are you, which startup companies are y'all investing capital into that seemingly get underneath the Amazon umbrella that is going to be mass producing? Well, I don't want to say mass producing, but we'll be pro, we'll be producing technology and automation that makes the transportation process a lot. You know, makes a, the the process of moving packages from one place to the other. Who, you know, who is in that? And as well, if y'all get in this particular unionship, uh, are they going to, is one of the provisions going to be that, you know, the people are able to get, you know, stock within the company? You know, that would be the first thing that I would be looking at is can we get stock in the company? Because honestly, to me, which to me, I feel like, but I've never been in a situation like this. Obviously, yeah, if a person can seemingly fire you for something just, 
you know, being a minute late, yeah, I want that type of protection. But at the same time, if I get that protection, I, I also need some of my money. I'll sacrifice my, some of my wage to make sure that I'm investing a portion of my money directly into Amazon stock because it doesn't look like anything is going to, to slow them down. Anything is going to slow them down, you know. And probably when they do get out of the growth stage, I will be really interested to see what the dividend pay is going to be. So, yeah, I need that as well if I'm uh, talking to this. Because even if it's a situation where I am replaced, I still have that, that stock. And if I can kind of get back on my feet and I hold on to that stock, my hope is that it continues to grow and then if it stops growing, that the dividend, you know, is, you know, nice and handsome, you know, and stuff like that. So I'm looking at it from that particular standpoint, that particular vantage point. But it might galvanize, you know, it, 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 it might will galvanize um, because, again, I didn't I didn't think about this. I didn't know that, you know, the South was seemingly overlooked like this as far as union participation but you know it could be a step in the you know the right direction but it's a slippery step dealing with a company such as this you know so but who knows you know um i'll be interested to you know see what you know as far as you know, the type of investments that they're making within the, the community of Bessemer and stuff like that. But again, like I said, you know, your local officials and stuff like that, uh, you know, governor and, you know, mayors and all that stuff like that, you know, they know all of that. But it'd be nice if the citizens were privy to some of the things that they were, you know, that they were going to do. You know, are they offering um, internships and stuff like that, you know, but, you know, that's just the way, you know, it's kind of the way I, I am just looking at it, but, uh, kudos to, to, to the RWDSU union and kudos to those workers who are taking a stand because as the, as the old saying goes, if you don't stand for something, you'll file for anything. So anyway, that's the end of that. Um, article. This is the end of this podcast. So I'll be back to you again next week. Peace.